Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. Today is February 16th, 2024. This is episode number 11. 11. Yeah, we. this is actually a duplicate. We've done this episode already, but the audio wasn't any good, so we screwed up and we're having to do it again. We're also going to change this. We're, there's no real topic for tonight, so we're going to get right into the wine. What's the face for? I No topic. It's just unnerving. Okay. Well, no topic. Um, We're going to get right into the wine we're drinking and then just conversation. You ready? Yep. Let's roll. So tonight's wine is a 2020 Rouge by Chateau de Pelagou. And you would think I would have looked up the pronunciation a second time around, but that's okay. (laughs) This was Meza's January Red of the Month. This comes from the Graves region of Bordeaux. So let's get into our usual geography. Bordeaux, we know, is in France. We've talked about France before. Since we've done this before, can you tell me where Bordeaux is in France? I am, since that night was kind of a blur, I'm going to say the southeast region. Near Italy, then. Yes. No, it's not near Italy. Uh, It's on the western side of France. It's pretty close to the Atlantic Ocean. Actually, we screwed up. I'm jumping ahead. I was looking at my notes. So let's start with France. France, we know, is on the western side of Europe. Spain to the south. Oh, there are five countries that, other countries that border France. Can you name them? Italy, UK. Does France border the United Kingdom? England. Does it border England? No. I mean, it borders England like we border Bermuda. (laughs) No, then I guess not. What about uh, Prussia? Mm, That's not an option here, no. No, definitely not Prussia. Prussia is not even a country anymore. Oh, you're right. It's not. Russia? No. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally grasping at straws. Enlighten me. All right. From north to south, Belgium. Luxembourg, Germany, Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland. Italy. All right. So in France, Paris is the largest city and capital at 2.1 million people. This makes it would make it the fifth largest city in the United States. That puts it a little behind Houston, which would be number four. And I went into this because I was curious. Five largest cities in the United States are... Houston, New York, Miami, Dallas, Houston, LA, um, Chicago. Chicago's in this. You got three of them. Actually, you got four of them because Houston counted. It's not Miami. It's Philadelphia. Oh. I don't think Philadelphia, or my, excuse me. I don't think Miami's that big of a city if we would look it up. Philly just doesn't seem large enough for me. Maybe it's just I don't know what culture. It just doesn't seem. Doesn't have anything to do with culture. Like, not culture, uh, entertainment factors. I just, I don't know. They have all four major sports. Oh, you're right. They do. Again, I just don't know why. I think Pennsylvania is just small but it's really not we're talking about cities not i know metropolitan areas i know but when i think of those metropolitan areas i think of the most populous states that we have and is texas and new york and illinois and miami is the 44th largest city in the united states Shut four hundred fifty thousand people again we're not talking the metropolitan area we're talking the city itself okay columbus is the 14th largest city in er, in columbus (laughs) in the united states what because we're talking cities not metropolitan areas Okay. All right. Most of the metropolitan area for Columbus is located in Columbus. Okay. Right. It doesn't extend a whole lot. We have the suburbs, but every city has suburbs. So France extends outside of Europe, right? France is not just the country. Oh, yes. We did discuss this. It's in Africa. Part of it's in Africa. Part of it's South America. The term for France that's just in Europe is called metropolitan France. 66 million people live in metropolitan France. It's about 70% larger than California, which is the most populous state in the United States. It has 551 square miles, which is halfway between California and Texas. 
looking at the government, president is the head of the country, serves up to two five-year terms, and the last election was in 2022. The president oversees national security and foreign policy. They are elected by winning a majority of the vote. I don't know if this applies to the United States. I didn't dig into it. But in the event that the president does not win majority vote, right, because you have multiple people running, there is a runoff between the top two candidates. Why can't we do that? I don't know. We might. I didn't look it up. I, I, but that's why our electoral college exists, right? You just have to win a majority. Electoral college exists to favor the states that have fewer popul- or less population and keep it equal. But I don't. OK, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. If the president dies in office or is removed, a new election is held between 20 and 35 days after the event. So there's no vice president. Uh, there is a, a second in command, but they're not in, they're not automatically elected to president for the remainder of the term like they are oh. in the United States. Interesting. And then prime minister is the head of the government and is chosen by the president. Prime minister handles day-to-day domestic affairs of the country. All right. So president's more international. Prime minister is more, here's what goes on in the country. Uh, first order of organization in France. What's first order of organization in the United States? State. It's a state, yeah. (laughs) First order of organization in France is called administrative regions. There are a total of 18. 12 are on mainland Europe. And then one is Corsica, which is in the Mediterranean between France and Italy. They have two islands in the Indian Ocean around Madagascar. France also has two islands in the Caribbean near South America. And the French Guiana on the northern coast of South America. The administrative regions are led by a regional council, which has a council president. The wine we are drinking tonight is from the Nouvelle-Aquitaine administrative region. This covers the southern half of France's west coast. It's the largest of the administrative regions at 84 kilometers. That is not right. It has to be 84. It has to be 84,000 square kilometers, right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. 84,000 square miles. Um, that would make it the 40th largest state and a hair larger than South Carolina. Okay. This region is the third largest by population of 6 million people. That would make it 19th largest state between Wisconsin and Missouri. Bordeaux is the largest city with 261,000 people, and that's the ninth largest in the country. I have to admit, saying the name Bordeaux always makes me laugh. I like just saying the name or the word Bordeaux. Is that weird? Okay. (laughs) All right. 8.7% speak English as their first language, and 58.7% know English. And I know we talked about this two weeks ago, but do you, you remember the difference? No. So 8.7% speak English as their first language. That's us. And then 58.7% know English as a secondary language. Fluently. I assume fluently. Okay. So neither, neither of us would have a secondary language that's fluent. Largest exports from this region are agriculture, wine, and aerospace. Hold on. Aerospace? Yes. it was. They split it between this administrative region and the one to the east and I don't remember what they make offhand. What is an aerospace export? Well, that would be anything airplane related okay. or potentially space related. It's, the whole industry is bundled under aerospace. Same thing for the United States. Okay. Is that a new word for you? A little bit. Okay, that's funny. That's a word I've grown up all, with all my life. Because you're a nerd. Yep. <laughs> so agriculture includes cattle, goats, pigs, and oysters. Remember, this region is on the ocean. Crops include wheat, corn, and tobacco. And then we talked about the aerospace industry. Uh, aerospace is in the Aerospace Valley, which is shared with Aquitania. That's another okay. administrative region. Second of, organ- of organization is departments. There are 101 departments in France total, not just this administrative region. 94 are part of mainland France. Corsica has two departments and all the other non-mainland France administrative regions just have one department. Right, So one department, one administrative region. 
12 departments are within this region, Nouvelle-Aquitaine. At least a couple of the regions with one department use a single body to govern both. That's the ones I was just talking about, South America, Africa, those areas. This wine is in the Gironde department. Gironde. G-I-R-O-N-D-E. Gironde. Sure. Neither one of us are French majors. I know. (laughs) We suck at French. (laughs) Gironde is the largest department in Nouvelle-Aquitaine. Third order of organization. I should know this. Yeah, we just talked about it this week. It's... So the city of Paris is also the department of Paris. They're called... I give up. Arrondissements? Arrondissements, yes. All right, there are 333 total arrondissements in France. One million people live in this arrondissement, uh, Gironde, and the main economy is wine. Hmm. All right, makes sense. It's Bordeaux, right? So the city of Bordeaux is about 30 miles from the west coast of France. It's about a third of the way up the country from Spain, or about 130 miles from Spain. The Garonne River passes through Bordeaux. In Bordeaux, this river is about 400 meters wide. Its width is about 10% wider than the Ohio River is going through Cincinnati, just for our relative visualizations. Got it. Nailed it. Gotta ask. So usually our wines, uh, when, like the flavor palette is usually uh, Chardonnay or a Sauvignon Blanc or whatever. Is the grape that they use, the Bordeaux grape, is it named after France, the city, or is it is it solely the wine type is named after the city? I believe it's the wine type. Okay, so, so not the grape. Right. Which just seems backwards for me, right? Or am I just imagining that? So Bordeaux has our typical grapes, right? Sauvignon Blanc, Merlot, Cabernet, so Cabernet Franc, Malbec, Petit Verdot. But it's the region that the wine is named after, not the grape this time. It must be. That's what it looks like. That's interesting. Hmm. And there are blends. I don't know if I wrote that down or not. Anyway, back to the river. The Garonne River flows from the Pyrenees Mountains to the south, right? So it's flowing north-ish. The Pyrenees Mountains border between France and Spain. The river flows northwest through Bordeaux and continues out to the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, neat. It's large enough to support cruise ships in Bordeaux up to 255 meters in length. Okay, 255 meters is about halfway around the track. Oh, that's a tiny ship. Okay, it is. I didn't know. Well, how big is a standard cruise ship? Standard is a loose term. I thought it was like a quarter mile wide. Long, not wide. Oh, these are long, not wide? Right. So if they're like an eighth of a mile long, how wide are they? They got to be a couple hundred? Actually, I would guess probably an eighth of that. I don't know what ship dimensions typically are. But it, it to me, it sounds like it's a really tiny ship. Sort of. When we recorded this podcast the first time, the largest cruise ship ever made was about to launch and now it has actually launched its length is 364 and three quarter meters long so 109.75 meters longer than this river can support okay and most cruise ships that we think of that we see from royal caribbean and disney cruise commercials are in the 300 to 360 meter length so it this latest one isn't that much bigger than all the others but this river is still too small to support those size ships but still ships Cool. All right. Interesting about this river, though, the Canal du Mer connects the river, uh, which then connects to the Canal du Midi and allows travel to the Mediterranean through France. Oh, so you you literally can never get on land and still travel through France. Yes, but I think it's very small ships because from what I found, that canal seems to be a meter and a half deep, (laughs) four and a half feet, Mm -hmm. right, roughly. 
and it's only five to five and a half meters wide. So unless you have a really tiny fishing ship or a yacht or yacht uh, raft <laughs> canoe. Yeah, canoe. You could, could, could canoe to the Mediterranean from Bordeaux. You could canoe. <laughs> it's hard to say. All right. Summers in this region are typically 80 degrees during the day and 60 at night. Winters are in the low 50s and upper 30s at night. Perfect. Well, yeah. Depending on humidity. Yeah. All right. So lastly, so this wine comes to us from the Graves region, which is south and southeast of Bordeaux. It runs along the Garonne River, and it's named for the gravelly soil. I do remember this. Okay. We talked about that, right? Is we did. Due to, I was questioning because how does the root system get supported if it's really gravelly? Wouldn't that just whisk away the water instead of retaining it? And don't wine vines need quite a bit of moisture to ensure that they're they're supple? It's along the river. I, mean, I know, it's, it's but right it right along the river. It just seems odd that it's mostly gravel. Okay. All right, you ready to talk about the wine itself? Absolutely. Uh, so grapes, and again, a, this is a Bordeaux red. A lot of Bordeaux reds are blends. Bordeaux is not a grape. We just talked about that. This one is a mix of Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, and Cabernet Franc. Oh, I love Cab Francs. What, that's, primarily, it's going to be Cabernet Sauvignon, I think. Or was it 50% of the first two? It might have been 50% of the first two. Cabernet Franc is definitely going to be the lesser of all of them. What does the bottle look like? It's your typical green glass. The label is really neat. It has it has embellishments of a gold edge with it looks like the chateau front side on it, like an image of the chateau of the Graves Chateau. Really pretty, simplistic. Again, gold embellishments. Nothing spectacular. Nothing to write home about. Yeah, interesting enough. I know we're talking about the bottle, and it is a picture of a building of some kind. It might be the chateau that the name comes from, but this wine does not have a website where you can go look up information. Really? Yes. Neither did the French wine we did many podcasts ago. That's neat. Sort of, but I I sort of see the French taking that stand. Like I don't need to create a website to advertise. It's it's my French wine. It's good as it stands. Hmm. Let's look at the legs. Not a lot of them. I would put this. 13, 13.5%. Well, considering you knew the answer from two weeks ago. Considering that night does not exist. Yeah, it's 13 on the nose. Ooh. So the bottle has a total equivalent of five and a half beers of alcohol. Again, that's American Budweiser, 5%. Uh, what's the color and thickness of the wine? Oh, it's a plummy red. Very full body look. Very dark. Can't see through yeah. it at all. Uh, very plummy red. That's about it. It's not. It looks very full bodied. How does it smell? Berry. I just saw the tasting notes. <laughs> you a, cheat. On accident, but... Smells like blackberry. Blackberry Blue. came to my mind first. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, maybe a little bit of blueberry and cherry. I think it smells a little tart. I don't think it is from what I remember. You don't smell like it has a significant amount of tannins. It smells earthy to me. Okay. Let's taste it. No tannins for me. No, it's very smooth. Blackberry I do taste. There's something else in there. A little bit of tannins. Very mild. I taste it on the front of my tongue more than I do anywhere else. Wouldn't that be sweet? sweet? Yeah. All right, let's go through our list. Is it sweet, dry, or somewhere in between? I think it's more sweet than it is dry. I think it leans sweet. Yes. Okay, bitter or acidic? Neither. I feel like it's slightly bitter for me. Leaning bitter. Not. I wouldn't call it bitter, but just a hint. Is it tart? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Smooth, crisp, have a bite. It's very smooth. I think it's very smooth. I think that's, maybe that's the word I was going for. I think it has a slight bite, just ever so slight. 
what would you eat with it? So I know it's it's a nice red wine. We like to say steak a lot. For me, this one is hamburger. Oh, not bad. With a lot of the, the greasy hamburgers, right? Like the flavorful ones. Yeah, and I, I think it feels like a steak, bacon, blue cheese hamburger. I don't know. Oh, that does sound kind of good. No, I would put pot roast with potato and carrots. It's that earthy feel for me. Okay. What score would you give it? Remind me of the score scale. One to five or one to four? Five is... It, oh, it's one to five. Sorry. Okay. So I put this at a three. Okay. Three and a quarter, maybe? Yeah, I'm there, right there with you. Actual flavor profile, black currant. Black carrot. Blackberry. Awesome. Mi- mineral. That's that earthy tone. And earth. Jazz hands, if you can't hear it. <laughs> I think... Yeah, we, we did this one before. I don't know if there's some ghost memory in there or not. <laughs> I, that was a night that I don't remember a lot of. <laughs> All right, and then what would you pair with it? The answers are pot roast and steak. So our score, we said three, three and a quarter. Yeah, I think I would stick there. I don't think I'd go up to three, five. But Vina score is 3.6. Oh. And how much does this bottle cost? I think $18 was the listing on Vivito, but I because I had to go pick up a second bottle from Meza, I think it was $16, I think. All right, anything else on the wine? No, it's tasty. All right, so again, no topic for tonight, although maybe we should pause and pull out a question for later for the final sip because we didn't do that either. All right, I can do that. All right, so again, tonight there's no prompts for tonight. We had one for last time that when we threw the audio away. It was what things I would tell my former self, and it... It really didn't work out that well. Um, We had a few things written down, so we're just going to scrap it and maybe we'll come back to it at some point. But for tonight, general conversation, just what's been going on. And I have have at least 10 things written down that we can talk about. Oh, wow. Let's just start with you. Well, usually we start with, you know, what's been going on anyway since the last time we met. So number one was we haven't done this since early December, I think. It's been two months. No, we did it at the end of December. Allie was not home yet when we did this. I thought she was. It was a night she went out with Michael. I thought it was the end of December because we did the recap of 2023. We did do the, the recap for the end of 23 on the schedule. Where did I put this? I have this. It is December, Saturday, 16th. Other way. Saturday, December 16th. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's it just two seems days li- before she got home. Okay. It just seems closer than it is. Last month, has flo- last month and a half has flown by. Been really busy. First month and a half of the year. Yeah. Okay. But how was having Allie home? It was amazing. Oh, I take that back. It started out amazing. It started out amazing. And then I think she got, I think she had a little taste of her life, what it's like without us. As an adult. Yes. And then when she got comfortable and got back home into some of the routines she used to have, she became high school Allie again. Yeah, and it definitely started to become, this summer is going to be very interesting. I'm jumping ahead probably, but it started invading our space where when we just had time to ourselves before, now we didn't. Now she was home, which was great for the first few weeks, and I love having her home. I, I think the thing I, I thought of this week, though, is she's been, she was she's in a different circumstance, right? She was home for five and a half weeks because of the way her school works out, and we're not going to get into that. But now she's been gone for three weeks, and now I really miss her again, mm. right? Um, but it, it was getting to the point where I didn't feel like we had our space. Agreed. I think we got used to having just one kid. But the other thing is that she didn't have, that I think she's going to have when she's home again, is a job or multiple jobs, which is good to keep her busy. 
I think that was the one thing that she was lacking, which I think she was getting bored because she's always been busy. She didn't get as many shifts at Skyline. And high school was over, so she didn't have anything to do here. Yeah, I'm with you. It did seem like every day was, what form are you going to hang out with Michael? Right. But since the last recording, I want to stick on that subject. Since Sorry, since the last recording that we had to scrap, Allie was accepted into Disney College program. And that's amazing. I know it's not going to be like this door opening thing, but I think it's going to be this experience that gives it an ability to put on her resume as, hey, I I worked for Disney. Even though it might not be in the facet that people traditionally think when you have Disney on your resume, but it's a conversation starter. And that's sometimes that's all you need when you have your resume, right? Yeah. So what is this at the moment? I mean, it's all up in the air, right? Still in in flux. Is that right? The right term? Yeah. So at the moment, she's going sometime in August. She's going to work for Disney until January. So she'll be down there four and a half, five months. I'm looking forward to it for her. She loves Disney. I don't know how often she's going to be able to go into the parks when she's not on a work shift, right? I don't know what the ticket situation looks like, but I'm looking forward to her enjoying that time. I think she's, uh, unlike Chicago, where she seems to be a bit lonely there, I don't think she's going to find herself as lonely, right? Yeah, she'll have like minds with her. I mean, people that apply for the DCP program tend to love Disney and they room together with those people. So it is going to be like an internship, but she has to pay for her housing. I'm driving down with her and flying back home. You're going to be flying down and driving her back home during the winter. We'll we'll see. This is all six months away. Everything's still in flux. That's true. But the difference here is in Chicago, she doesn't have anybody relatively close to her if she needed something immediately. Unlike in Florida, Jim and Sue are going to be down there and Ann and Gary are down there. They're all within calling distance 15, 20 minutes away. So if something emergency happens... I feel more confident her being down in Florida than I do in Chicago sometimes. Anything else on Disney College program? What are her top picks? I think she said she would like to see be a photo pass person as a number one, which that would pull her out of her comfort zone hardcore because she's going to have to interact with people every day, all day long. It's the all day long part that I think will will kill her, not... What I think she's going to be really good at and excel at is the creating magic for guests. Like, here, come with me. Let's step over here and do this or whatever it is, right? You're to the front of the line or I don't know what else is available. But even just looking to share her experience with how the park works, right? You know what you should do right now? You should go over here because this attraction is really low and you'll get right on. Something to that effect. I think she's going to be awesome at that. I'm also hoping if she does get this, uh, uh, get the photo pass person, she leans into, because she is both you and me combined, right? But she leans more heavily your personality. And I'm hoping if she has to start to engage with people, she starts to show a little bit of my flair for just impromptu conversations with people. You don't think that'll happen? Oh, yeah, I do. I think I, I have some of that when you're in a routine like a photo pass photographer is. Okay. The next one, and this is since we, really it's just two days ago, since we trashed the last audio, is we went past Valentine's Day. And I wanted to talk about, not just, actually, this Valentine's, <laughs> this Valentine's Day is funny. We'll talk about that eventually. But I want to talk about Valentine's Days that we've had in the past. Mm. So do you remember our first Valentine's Day? I do. Okay. It's my favorite one, right? This is when It's we- not. No, no, it's not. <gasps> I don't remember that one completely. All right. The first Valentine's Day that you and I were together, we'd only been dating... Dayton. 
dating like a month and a half and we didn't do anything fancy. I made, I think pasta, pasta, breadsticks and salad. And you came over to the apartment and we just had dinner. I got a bottle of wine and that was pretty much it. Second Valentine's Day is the one you always go back to. I think it's my favorite date that we have ever had is we got tickets or we had an experience, immersive experience up in Toronto, not Toronto. Oh my God. Why am I spacing on the name? It's the same Providence. I know, but. What's the Providence? Ontario. Yeah. I cannot. Windsor. There you go. Oh my God. Just good lolly. But Windsor is right across the, right across the bridge from Toledo area, not Toledo area, Detroit area. But it's drivable. It's You can practically see it from Toledo. <laughs> yeah. It was drivable from where we were living at the time in Bowling Green. Yes. Right? It was an hour and a half, maybe. Yeah. But we went up there. It was cold like normal. And we had stayed at the hotel there and had went down to the casino. The best part of that evening was the dinner that was attached to the package that we had bought or you had bought was a four-course dinner. I think so. And they stuck us in the corner of the restaurant that had windows that looked out onto the the street. And it was in the evening, and it was candlelit, dark, had really nice music playing in the back. It was live jazz music. Yeah, it was awesome. And it started snowing. It was this magical scene that only comes in movies. During the fourth course, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, and it was just, it just solidified in in my head that this was meant to be. It was that magical, it, that magic wand that like, bring, bring over your, your entire moment. And it solidified it for me. The name of the restaurant was Plunkett's. <laughs> P-L-U-N-K-E-T-T-S. It's not there anymore. It's not. It's been closed for well over a decade, unfortunately. I don't even remember what the rest of the meal was. We I know we had a salad as one of the courses. And the fourth one, I don't remember what the dessert was. But it, it was a raspberry chocolate, raspberry cheesecake. And coffee. Yeah. Or maybe we ordered the coffee on top. I don't know. But yeah, it was an awesome dinner. And then we went to the casino and stayed there for maybe 30 minutes because, I mean, we, we were college kids. We had no money. We didn't really gamble. So Valentine's Days after that were then in Columbus. Right. Right. Do you remember the first Valentine's Days we've had here in Columbus? No. I don't either. And I I don't think we celebrated them. I don't think we celebrate Valentine's very often between the two of us. I think the one thing that we you picked up from your parents is your dad always got the daughter's gifts uh, and your mom always got the son's gifts. Yeah, let's pause on that for a minute and go more philosophical, high level. What does Valentine's Day mean to you? If I'm being honest, Hallmark holiday. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's an excuse to go do things. I like the reason to go out. I don't like doing it on Valentine's Day. And I like the idea of giving gifts, but I don't like sticking to the staples of chocolates and flowers and cards and all that. Although the one card you did give me, I don't know if it was for our anniversary, but I think it was for Valentine's Day. Anniversary. Was it our anniversary? I love the out of you. Yeah, that was our anniversary. That's (laughs) That's when we left from Iceland in 2018. We were flying to Amsterdam. Mm. Yeah. Again, when we moved to Columbus, we were broke for a while. We really didn't do anything, right? The only one I can remember going back to is what? Oh, the only other one that we go to normally on Valentine's Day, and we didn't this year, Carsonas? Cardones. Cardones. Carsones is a different restaurant. Well, no, we haven't gone to that one in a while because I'll I'll go back to the one I was thinking of. 
for the last five-ish years, we've always targeted going to a Blue Jackets game for Valentine's Day. That's our new thing, right? Starting in 2020, right before COVID actually hit, that was our first one. We went to the Pearl with Chris and Cherry, and then you and I went to the Blue Jackets game. I think the next two years it was gone, 2021. Yeah, we were just coming back in 2021. 2022, there was a game, I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but the the point is we get dressed up now. We go to the Blue Jackets games. We get dressed up, but we dress up in Blue Jackets colors, red, white, and blue. Go to uh, typically a nice dinner. Yep. This year's dinner was top of the charts. I didn't expect it, and it was amazing. What did we do? We went to Stories on High, which is the new rooftop bar, which... On top of the new Hilton. Yeah. It's been open for a year and a half. Yeah, which kind of surprises me because I'm not a Heights person and never have been, but I'm starting to warm up to it. And the seat was literally on the window, over the edge, looking straight across the entire city. Literally against the window, not literally over the edge. Felt like it was over the edge because I was getting dizzy every time I looked down. It was really tasty. It was all tapas. And I, I fully expected that this experience was going to be a... Let's go pay for the view. We're going to overpay for the food and drinks for the view. And that wasn't the case. The food and drink were amazing. And it was actually underpriced. <laughs> like I feel like it was underpriced. I don't know about underpriced. It was, I mean, it was still, my old fashioned was $18, I think. I think the drinks were the most expensive part about it. All the tapas, like the sliders were, we were given happy hour prices too. Oh yeah, you're right. We did get partial happy hour. That was one of the things that caught me off guard. It was a Saturday night, and they still did happy hour prices. They have happy hour every day from 4 to 6. doesn't matter what day of the week it is. Yeah, and it, and it's not gross stuff. It's the not cheap sl- stuff. The Wagyu sliders were amazing. It um, was really tasty. Was $10 for those? Nine. Oh, for two sliders, and that was happy hour prices. Yeah. Yeah, the views of the city were amazing from the 28th floor. Even though it was cloudy. It was cloudy. Yeah, if it wasn't cloudy, we would have caught the sunset from that table. That would have been up there with uh, Plunkett's. Yeah. Amazing food, great view, sunset. The last Valentine's Day I remember before doing Blue Jackets games was the Deadpool Valentine's Day. Deadpool 1 was released Valentine's oh, Day weekend back you're in right. what, 2016, 2017. Yep. And I know you weren't feeling well that year, but we did go to Cardone's. That's our Italian restaurant here in town that we really love. And then we went and saw the movie. I think it was 2018. Well, hold on. Deadpool came out in 2016. 16? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm trying to remember. Do you remember there was a, a night we went to Cardone's and we had dinner, we split a bottle of wine, and then afterwards we went to Meza when they still had the bar there? Oh, I, don't, I don't think that was Valentine's Day weekend now that I'm thinking about it. No, it wasn't because we watched an Ohio State game. That's what I was thinking. There was football on at least. Okay. Aside from that, I don't remember any Valentine's Day specifically. Yeah, it's, uh, we don't really celebrate them. It's It's not like... We don't need a reason to go out and spend time together <laughs> and tell each other we love each other. I think it's an excuse to give gifts. Hey, what did I get for Valentine's Day this year? I don't know. Mine was pretty awesome, though. What was your Valentine's Day present this year? Fix my tub. After? Two and a half years. Something like that. I don't even know. If I think it was before COVID, actually. <laughs> oh, I hope not, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and all we did was call a plumber, and it took like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but... I love my bathtub. It makes me feel so good. I've used it twice since it's gotten fixed since last Friday. <laughs> it's been fun. Yeah, I think it's a good excuse to buy gifts for each other as well. And not again, not the hearts, chocolates, cards, flowers, whatever. Anything else on Valentine's Day? 
you didn't want to talk. Uh, the one gift that your dad got me over the years, do you remember? It was the first Valentine's Day. and Or I think it was the first, no, second Valentine's Day we had with your family. Did he get you a ratchet set? No. I don't remember. He got me a lovey puppy that we gave to Allie. Oh, really? That came mm-hmm. from... All right. That's why it was so important to me that she kept it. Okay. It should be in her room somewhere? It is in her room, in her cupboard. Okay. Anything you want to bring up that's happened in the last two months? No, I just like okay. feeding off of you. You, you. You're so prepared, but I like just talking about stuff with you. The next one I have is we had some people over on a Saturday night, and we sat here at this table and played... Dungeons and Dragons. Super nerdy. It was, but how'd it go? So much fun. I had no idea what was involved with it. It was an experience, and I think it was the people too, because those people were super geeked out and nerded out about it too. But how did we find out about Dungeons and Dragons, even like interest-wise? I mean, I think you're referring to people at the bar talking about it, but... Even before that. Allie? Yeah. Oh, I played it back in high school. Not Uh, much. Twice, maybe. I never heard about it until Allie. (laughs) Oh, John's John's brother had some friends that played it, and I think we did it twice. Dude, World of Warcraft is built out of Dungeons & Dragons. I don't want to talk about World of Warcraft. I know, but that's all I can think is I loved World of Warcraft. I'm really into it. It shocks me that I didn't, we have never visited Dungeons and Dragons before. So we had over a woman from that I work with, and she knew a couple from work that she had met through the Girls Who Code program. Girls Who Code? Is that right? Mm-hmm. Sounds right. And actually, we'll use first names because that works. So Jamie's the woman I work with. She seemed on our level where she's into fantasy, but not in, into playing a role, but not into acting it out. She was going through Dungeons and Dragons acting, wait, not acting out, playing the role that her character was, right. but still speaking in a normal English tone. And when this couple showed up and the, the guy was the... Ansel. Yeah. But he was the dungeon master, which is the person who's running the game for you. And he was speaking in character voices and coming up with dialogue. And I it, immediately it threw me for a loop. I thought we were over our heads. Over our heads? Yeah. Underwater? Underwater. With with this. I thought we had gotten into way more than we could chew. Thought we bit off more than we way more than we could chew. There we go. That sounds better. <laughs> That's the the woman of the couple, which was Jackie. Yes. So she spoke in a southern accent the entire time. So Oh, that's her normal accent. I know it is, but I didn't get the impression it was a character. I think she leaned in harder to her accent than normal. I do as well. But Ansel Hands down. Wow. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for voices and doing things, yes. <laughs> but it was neat. I think it, it captured what, and it sparked my interest that... It was exactly what I thought it would be. It's It was way better than I thought group, it was going to be. Well, group storytelling, but you're also using the attributes of your character and rolling the dice to kind of help guide where that story goes. And you're feeding off everybody else, so it's kind of an improv at the same time. Yes. So I know my favorite part of the whole evening was when Jamie's character was in some basement, right, investigating some theft. And then the rest of us came in after the fact, and we're all sitting at the table. We all hear the story. We all hear what's going on. But I'm playing the role of my character, which is I just walked in here and all this stuff's gone and you're just standing here pointing the finger at somebody else. I think it might be you. (laughs) And then we started having that conversation and rolling the dice to see how it evolved. And it was just fun. 
It was just fun. And honestly, it was like two and a half, three hours. Yeah, at least. And I I was prepared to go to midnight. Oh, yeah. I could have gone many more hours, but I don't think... I'm curious to see how Ansel and Jackie handled it if we were just too noob for them. Yeah, they said they're... Pre- or at least in chat, right? He said he's prepared to come back and continue that story. I'll talk to Jamie next week. If that's really true, we should get it on the calendar. Yeah, in the next week or two, because I really want to do it. I keep seeing these little figurines that we used as characters, and it was it makes me want to do it again. <laughs> you got to put them away. Oh, no, I'm not going to. Oh, I do have to put them away. Darn it. No, but that was fun. That was probably made me feel like a little a young kid again. College kid. Okay. Just because... You play Dungeons and Dragons in college? No, but what middle-aged person plays Dungeons and Dragons? Lots of them, but they're still virgins. (laughs) All right. Next question. (laughs) Next question. I don't have questions. Or next prompt. We brewed our own beer. (gasps) Yes. Where did you get that from? That's what you got me for Christmas. That was my Christmas only Christmas gift from you, which is fine. I think I'm gonna just gonna guess. I think we brewed it the or started it the second week end in January. Yeah, this is this. So it's an amber ale. The total process was four weeks. We brewed it the second weekend in January. Then it sat for two weeks until bottling day. And bottling day was interesting because I I wasn't sure how the carbonation was work was going to work. But making that sugar water mix and then adding it to it is what made the carbonation. So we bottled it and then it sat another two weeks. So it just so happened that we opened the beer on the same day we were doing Dungeons and Dragons. And I like it. It's it's a little sweet. I think it's sweeter. It might be the most sweet amber I've ever had. I like it. It has toffee notes to it. I think that's what the sweetness is. It's tasty. Based on the measurements, right? So I didn't know when we got into this process, how you figure out how much alcohol it has in it, but there's a little plum bobber that comes with it. And you, and we have like a, you know, 12 inch test tube. I mean, it's tall. You pour the wart into it, which was what was done after phase one, right? The first or the second weekend of January, stick the plum bobber in it. And there's a, a scale on the side of the bobber and you, you measure where it stops, where the surface is. And then you do the same thing two weeks later once it's done fermenting, right? Because the yeast is thrown in as the last process and then it ferments for two weeks. And then where that number is the second time is supposed to be your estimation on how much alcohol is in there. And for us, it came out to almost 4% on the nose, which is light. I mean, that it's actually a hair lighter than Bud Light beer. Bud Light beer is 4.2%. But I think it got a little more alcoholy as it sat. That's where I'm going with this. I don't know... Because it's now carbonated, I don't know if we can still do the test tube measurement, but I do feel like it's more than 4% now when we drink it. It's not crazy strong. It's it's no, not it's, it's not a 6 or 7%, but maybe, no, it's one maybe of the, 5 It's one of those beers that you can have with dinner and not feel trashed afterward. Well, I, th- I hope that's most beers. <laughs> no, there's some dark beers that I've been drinking lately that, that tend to, like the Imperial Stouts. Well, or yes, the, Imperials are supposed to make you drunk Even fast. Even the darker beer, like the Stouts and things like that, still make you feel loopy. But how was the brewing process for you? It was fun. That first weekend took a long time because we needed to get the five gallons. It was five gallons of water and wort, right? Mm-hmm. We needed to get that up to boiling. A roi- rolling boil. And I don't know if it's our stove or what it is, but we could not do it without putting the lid on. So we had to do that. 
Other after that rolling boil, everything else went really relatively easy. Bottling day couldn't have gone smoother. It was really a lot of fun. We po- threw on a podcast and we threw on um, Armchair and Anonymous, didn't we? Probably. I think that first weekend took five hours. <laughs> no, it wasn't five hours. It was a good three, easily three. I think I it was a, more than that. Uh, making me go to the calendar again. Yeah. We had dinner with the kids at seven. We were a little late on that because we were running behind. And I had a haircut. We started at two. No, we actually started at one thirty. It, it was the first. We did not. started at 2.30. My haircut was at one thirty. Yeah. So maybe four hours at tops. Okay. That day was long. Bottling day was easy. And then after the two-week bottling process is done, it's just throw it in the fridge, let it cool down, and you can drink it. So what else did we pick up after that? What's our next adventure with the... We picked up a milk stout. It's not even here yet. We just ordered I know. it. I'm excited. Okay. Excuse me. Next topic by you. All right. So I have, we just started scheduling Europe activities. Oh, yes. That's a lot of fun. So when we say scheduling Europe activities, we're going to see Marta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. I miss her. There's little pictures everywhere. Like right there in the, the little nook is her face from her first day where we went to Dayton, her, just her and I. On the cover of the book that yeah. her mom gave us, yeah. There's little pictures of her everywhere in our house and is just killing me. And I can't wait to see her and, and snuck on her. I'm going to lose my stuff. Um, So, so I don't... Oh, aw. But it's real. Please don't cut this. Please cut this. I miss her. Oh, I'm looking forward to Europe. I mean, one, I thought it was interesting that Allie wants to spend a day in Iceland because I remember being in Iceland and thinking, <laughs> and this may insult certain people if they listen to it, but Reykjavik is no more pretty than Toledo. It's because... Gray, overcast, I mean, windy. Iceland is living on a volcano in the... Or multiple volcanoes in the middle of the Atlantic where nothing grows and... I don't know. It's it's interesting. I was surprised that Allie wanted to visit it. Yeah, she didn't like it the first time we visited. We weren't really there. Yeah, but she said it was cold and rainy and gross. But that's what Iceland is. It I mean, is. Summertime highs are in the fifties. It's 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 so far north that the sun sets, but there is no night. Twilight doesn't end. Morning twilight is evening twilight, and the sun comes back up. I know. Probably. I think it's going to be neat. I think it's going to be interesting. So we're taking the kids with us this time around to Europe. We're going to stop by the Blue Lagoon for at least one night. Hopefully it's open. Yeah. You don't know, but they just had to close again for another volcanic eruption. No. Yeah. At least I didn't buy tickets yet, so. Still buy the tickets, because, I mean, if you don't, then I don't know. I don't know. We had to coax Ted into it because he thinks it's just, it's weird. It's unexpected, and he doesn't understand it, but it's just like a giant hot tub, and it's awesome. He's free. Allie can't drink. We get drinks. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Maybe we get Allie's drink. Huh? Maybe we get Allie's drink. Hold on. Drinking age in Iceland. Oh, it is 20. She's not even close. Nope. Well, Teddy, I think, is more afraid afraid about flying over the ocean. Which is fair. We have to get him a passport for the first time. We should do that this weekend. Yeah. Sorry. We spent a lot of time in Iceland there. I'm looking forward to this trip because different from most trips we take, I really just want to hang out on Mallorca and 
let Marta and her mom show us the things they want to show us and just eat and drink and relax. And experience their life day in and day out just to see what it's like. Marta spent a year, almost a year with us. Yes. She knows what it's like day in and day out. The lazy, the, the non-eventful stuff. I want to see what that's like in Mallorca. I don't want like the touristy stuff. I don't think we, I don't know. But I don't think we're on the touristy side of Mallorca. The only thing I do want to do is bike. Oh, you do want to bike? I do want to bike. I do. Up the mountains. <sighs> yeah. It's going to be one of those that I, if I say no to it and don't even try it, I'm going to regret that I didn't even try it. Yeah, we'll have to look into it more. The thing I'm wrestling with already is I don't know if there's places on the east side of the island that rent bikes. I haven't looked into it enough. I know there are in Palma and it's affordable. It's, I mean, it's not ridiculous anyway. But if I have to rent a bike and bike from where I rent it, there's not a whole lot of options to go to, but we'll figure it out. It doesn't matter. But then we'll, after Mallorca, we'll go spend a few days in Barcelona, which we still haven't figured out exactly, but we'll we'll get there and then fly home. But I, I'm looking for a bulk of that trip to be just relax, eat, drink, and then three or four days of go, go, go in Barcelona on purpose. Let's go see the things like there's a, I don't know, I want to call it a church. I don't know if it's a church. I, I don't know what to see other than that church, but I'm sure it's tons. The city infrastructure is famous for having square blocks. What do you mean by that? I don't know. The city grid is famous. It's one that's referred to throughout the world. I mean, in line with Chicago and New York. It's probably something that just fascinates me. It's how cities are laid out. Okay, yeah, you're weird. Other than it predates New York and Chicago by... You're a nerd. A city nerd? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we were talking about travel. We're going to Chicago in a couple of weeks. But while we're in Chicago, I'm taking LA to Second City for the first time. Okay. I mean, I really wasn't going to talk about Chicago. It's just kinda... But that'll be neat. I hope she loves it. After Europe, our next trip is... Denver. In August. Yes. And I'm looking forward to that one because we love Head in the Heart. Wait, what? Why are we going to Denver? We're going to Denver to go see uh, two of our favorite bands, Head in the Heart and Houndmouth. At the Ball Arena? No. At Red Rocks. Oh, there we go. Ah. Red Rocks is a natural amphitheater. It's not natural. Oh, I thought it was. I mean, it, it's, yeah, I guess. It's not like we're sitting on rows that are just naturally formed. They oh. they built the amphitheater in a in largely large. natural area. Yes. But Red Rocks is known for fantastic concerts. And Head in the Heart is a very acoustic-like band, as well as Houndmouth. We saw Houndmouth a year and a half, two years ago with Greta Van Fleet. And Greta Van Fleet was the headliner. And they were horrible. I've never walked out on a concert before. I walked out and just wanted to leave. On Greta Van Fleet. Yes, on Greta Van Fleet. I could have stayed and watched Houndmouth over and over and over again. Even though one of their lead singers had laryngitis. Mm -hmm. Still sang one song and then bowed out. They were still amazing. Which made me want to go see them. And it just happened to coincide with Head in the Heart. The only downside to that that entire ordeal is we are going to miss sending Teddy off to his first day of middle school. Yeah, he'll be okay. He'll be okay. We'll be home for it, but... Maybe. Excuse me? Well, if the flight lands at 2... Oh, you're right. This isn't elementary school anymore. He gets out at 2.50. It's going to be close, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, we can talk about this more as the trip gets closer. I'm looking forward to it. This one's going to be a mix of we have things to see and do and just let's find a restaurant or a brewery to go eat or drink at. And the way that we justify, or at least I justified it with you, is it's our 20-year anniversary. Yay! Yep. Yeah, we're not there yet either. Um, <laughs> My bad. 
Do you want to talk about hockey? Hold on. We're not finished traveling yet. Oh, you're right. We're not. One more trip. Yeah. So now that Allie's going to DCP, Disney College Program, we're planning the trip to go see her around Thanksgiving time. I don't think I have ever flown so much in a single year my entire life. It's going to be a lot. Plus counting, helping her move in. Yeah. Or move out, one of the two. So let's see. Two flights for Chicago. So if one flight is counted as taking off and landing, then it's one, two, three, four, holy crap, five. It's six just to get to Mallorca. <laughs> wow, that seems bad. But it's right. One, two. No, that's wrong. One, two, three, five. Five. Sorry. Okay. But still, it's quite a bit. Six to Barcelona. Seven, eight. That's It's nine flights just for Europe alone. I know. From airport to airport. I know. So nine plus the two from Chicago. We should, gotta get, we should have done frequent flyer miles this well, year. It's, Europe is so many different airlines. We do get frequent flyer miles for Southwest. Do we? Yeah. Okay. You awesome. have an account. You get yeah. them. Denver is just there and back. So that's 13. And Florida will be there and back. So that's 15 plus the one from Orlando home. That's 16 flights. And that's if neither one of us travel for work. That's right. Which hasn't happened in five years. Uh, we're talking mid-March for me right now to Jersey. Oh, when they schedule it, they schedule it. I we'll know. see. All right. Yeah. But that's that's it. That's Disney. That's travel for the year. Wow. That's a lot of travel. Wait, mid-March, like when Allie's home from college? Yep. Okay. All right. Anyway, you want to talk hockey? I do. Okay. What about hockey? Peewee hockey or? Teddy's hockey game. or I mean, the team. The team. So this session, last session, we were actually probably at the top of our league, I would put. We won Second mid- or third. Yeah. Well, not bad. Coming into this season, we expanded the um, the teams that we were playing to the other chillers in the area and it seems like easton may not be the top rank chiller <laughs> we got our butts handed to us the last couple games and it's disheartening to see the difference between the teams what yeah we played three teams that are outside of our outside of the easton area one was one that came from north and we beat them in easton the first time oh yeah we did well it were, so we're one and two. But yeah, the two games. Oh, no. So the second game was at North, and that was okay. We got beat by two goals in we the We got end. beat by a girl. Yeah, I know. It was one player that played the entire game. Yeah. She scored all of their goals except for one. <laughs> and she played both. She never shifted, ever. She was on the ice the entire time, which was amazing, but good for her. But it it frustrated all of the kiddos, and um, the second game was just brutal, or the third game that we played was just brutal. I've never seen such aggressive 10-year-olds. Yeah. I, I don't actually remember why I put this note in here. I don't know. It's still been fun. It's been fun. I get really moody when we lose bad, because when we're losing bad, I feel like it's up to me to make sure the kids are focused and trying to get it back, and if they don't, then I put it on myself. And that that personality comes out. I've had to pull you back a couple times. Well, I'm better than Vincent Pascal, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> that is true. He just doesn't care. But our kids seem to like the after game stuff a lot. Yeah, I I still love it. I still love coaching hockey. See, I, I really think we do it. And even when Ted's not here, I think we do it. Nah. Why? Nah. Uh, it's it's not weird. We're good at it. Okay. So next one is I had a colonoscopy this week. Mm. And I mean, it went fine. Not, there were no issues. 
uh, and it's my first one from being old enough to be required to have colonoscopies. Um, But I think the big call out was, and I can't wait to talk about this at our Sunday dinners. It sounds weird when I phrase it that way, but because our group from Sunday dinners, after I mentioned, Hey, I'm having a colonoscopy, they started sharing videos from comedians all over the internet saying, Hey, you know, you take the stuff and you better be ready because as soon as it hits, you're going to need a toilet immediately which was the case 25 years ago. So I've had a colonoscopy before. I had one 25 years ago because I was having bowel issues and they just wanted to make sure it wasn't cancerous and all that. But 25 years ago, I don't remember. It was at least two parts to, to get prepared for a colonoscopy, right? So the, the goal is you need to flush your lower intestines so I can stick a camera up there and check it out. 25 years ago, the stuff they gave you to do it was this bottle of fizzy lemon lime flavored stuff. It tasted like bad Sprite and you drank it all as fast as you could. And that really was, as the comedians were explaining, like as soon as you drink it, it's going to be immediate. I need a toilet right now, or there's going to be an accident right here. And this was not the case with the latest stuff. I don't know what they did differently then. It can't be that different of a recipe. Well, so my experience this time around with it was you drink it, you have an hour and a half to drink whatever the amount was. Two liters. Yeah, an hour and a half to drink two liters. And it gets to a point where, yes, you need a toilet, but you could wait five minutes. It's not an immediate, if I don't get to a toilet right this second, there's going to be an accident, <laughs> right? I know that I'm sure this is all very gross, but my point is it's it's gotten better over the last 25 years. But how the can second, that be different, though, from... We evolve. I know. I mean, we don't put leeches on you to draw out the virus anymore. <laughs> it's true. Right? <laughs> now I lost my train of... Th- oh, The second part, which I didn't mention, I don't think I've ever even told you, after drinking the liquid, you still need to take a suppository. 25 years ago, there was a suppository that went along with the stuff. Shut your face. Yeah. And that one was like an additional, okay, it's hitting me now. I need to hit the toilet immediately. What the deuce? Yeah. This was just drink the liquid and just be available. (laughs) Yeah. Drink two liters and then go to bed and drink the two liters in the morning. But that's my point. It's not, I don't know how these comedians are still getting away with this bit of, oh my God, I need to get to a toilet. Because yes, it does clear you out, but it's not explosive diarrhea either. So I didn't tell you this though. While you were back there, there was a guy next to me, an elderly gentleman that had to keep repeating his whole entire medical history. I was giggling halfway through. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't like the nurse lean over and just like say, shush. I heard him before I went back. (laughs) Yes, because... It was the cheesiest, like, bit ever. It it wasn't the, could you answer this question in a yes or no? It's, I need to tell a story along with the yes or no. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. And it got even more extravagant the second and third time he had to tell it. And (laughs) it was just funny. Yes. Have you ever had your wisdom teeth out? You know, it's funny, because when I was 14, my teeth hurt. And then I went to the dentist, and the (laughs) dentist... It wasn't quite that bad, but it was up there. <laughs> it was good. It was easy, in and out, in like two hours. Two hours, Kev. Yeah. From showing up, registering, waiting, end of the procedure, and out the door, two hours. They had good music on back there, too, by the way. I didn't tell you that. Not no. that it matters. What music did they have? I don't know. It's in my music playlist, or my running playlist. Oh, uh, it was Sweet Surrender by... Sweet Disposition, not Sweet Surrender. Train? The temper trap. Oh. All right. Last one I have is uh, discussing our weight loss journey so far this year. I know it's not the results that you wanted. I'm happy with them. 
I've worked out more consistently than I have in a long, long time. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. Workouts are way up there. Yeah. Driest January. I'm not even talking about driest January. I I know that you don't think calories come from drinking, but for me, it does. Women and men are different when they process food based on their hormones. And me going through all the changes I'm going through right now, and I'm not trying to justify it. I'm not using it as an excuse, but I'm using it as a medical fact. When your hormones are out of balance, your body behaves unexpectedly. So if you expect that they're going to process food the same way or have, holy crap, I need to pay over that. Between the two, there's a white uh, light splotch. Okay. I just happened to see that, by the way. ADD. I know. But women women and men don't process food the same way in their mid middle age. They don't. And it's, they don't, Kevin. And it might not make sense to you, but look it up. Across the board, hormones affect the way that your body processes food. Mine are out of balance right now. And I'm not medically supplementing anything to treat the imbalance. I'm trying to do it naturally. And it's, I don't know, it's not doing what I think. I'm still, I'm not gaining weight. I'm consistently losing, but not as much as expected. Okay. I was just looking at my numbers real quick. So over the last week, I'm not happy with it. I'm actually up 0.2. And I I use seven-day averages. I don't go by day-to-day weights. So seven-day average. My seven-day average today over seven-day average from a week ago is up 0.2 pounds. I'm not happy about that. But, and this is what I did not look at close enough earlier today, my four-week loss or gain or change, let's call it change. And the way I look at it is 1% per week is expected. You should lose. You can lose 1% of your body weight per week fairly easily. 2% is the stretch goal. You really can't lose more than 2%. Doing so, losing more than that is borderline starvation and pretty much unrealistic. So 1% over the last four weeks expected should have been a loss of 3.2 pounds. 2.7 for me. Over the last four weeks? Mm-hmm. Okay. My actual loss was 3.2, so it was right on the nose. Uh, eight weeks, I don't have enough data yet. We haven't been working going at this for eight weeks yet but it's been about six weeks so we'll see so it's eh, i don't know it's going okay i guess in perspective i'm happier with the way i feel about it i'm a little more confident i feel like it's more of a cultural mind shift for me than it is a physical change and i'm okay with that are you tracking fat percentage as well yeah, I didn't look at that fat percentage. So we, I mean, that's one of the interesting things. So we did pick up a scale or you picked up a scale that tracks fat percentage as well. And early January, I was in the 20s for a percentage, like between 20 and 21, not 20 and 29. But now today I am an inch, I mean, very much an inch inside 19. So I think it's like 18.97 is my seven day average for fat percentage. So I averaged 40.7 was my high. Right now, I am at 38.3. Okay, good. It is really good, but my weight isn't reflecting that, and that, that's what I'm, I'm frustrated with. And I think that's where you have to look at all the facets of what that is. I think fat percentage is better to look at. Yeah, I so agree. What's, okay. I want to get my fat percentage into the 15s. That's my goal. <laughs> what? My fat percentage, I would like to see below 30% at the end of the year. All right, so in 2009, 
when I was hardcore training for the marathon and trying to get to Boston. And do you remember we did, did we do, oh, we don't do it at work anymore. We used to do health checks like every three months and you could go get checked just because my fat percentage got down into the 12s. And that's scary. No, it's not. That was scary. It was gross scary. It was getting on that for me. You could see your shoulders. You could see your chin. You could see ribs. It was just, it wasn't attractive. Right now, it's, this is ideal for me. All right. Well, I still want to get to the 15s. I don't care what the weight number is as much as the fat percentage, now that we can measure that. Like if it said 180 pounds and I was 15% body fat, great. Well, I mean, if that was the case, then I'd be jacked. (laughs) (laughs) No, I... Besides the numbers on the scale, I feel more confident. My running's way better, right? I'm averaging at least 10-minute pace right now, consistently. Do you want me to tell you? Sure. Well, you've ran 42 miles so far this year, and that doesn't count the treadmill miles you haven't posted. That's more than I've run. Oh, yeah. Your your projected miles without the treadmill miles is 328. My goal was 300 for the year. I'm ramping up pretty decently right now. Average pace for all your runs over the last 28 days is 1013. 1013? Yep. No. The last two days sucked me out. You're doing well. 1013 is fine. I know. It would keep up with, again, the chase teams from Buck 50. I think my end of year goal is a 930 pace. For 5K? Yep. Okay. It's now time for... The final sip. Tonight's question is, at a party, you'll find me blank. Laughing in the middle of the floor, talking to people. To everyone. To everyone. <laughs> Add more context. I do not mind talking to random people because how many times in at a party do you meet new people that you'll never meet again? You can either re- reinvent yourself or not be ashamed to say anything that's on your mind because they'll never call you out on it. When did you reinvent yourself? I don't think you reinvent yourself. We don't go to those kind of parties. I don't. A large party like we've had at the maze. Oh, where, no, where I do just we... I just don't have a few. I don't care. Don't care what? About my day in day out person or things that bother me on a regular. I don't feel shame. I don't feel anything. I just am me. Which so is? Just free and open and flirtatious, funny, loud. <laughs> okay. This is where I think it's an interesting dynamic between you and me and Chris and Sherry, where there's crossover balances. Like Sherry is the type A personality in their relationship. I'm the type A personality in our relationship. But it also flip-flops where I think you want to talk to everybody to party, and so does Sherry. And Chris and I would much rather find somebody or some small group of people to talk to for the evening and have it be the same group of people the entire time. I don't want to be bouncing between group to group to group. I care more about these small, meaningful, intimate conversations rather than the larger, what's the word I'm looking for? Butterfly conversations. Uh, no, um, small talk conversations. Right? I don't care for those. I don't care for small talk at all. I it's like a, small, going... It's a waste of my time. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. At the end of the day, why do I want to invest in conversations when people are drinking and being crazy? Because I'm talking about investing in conversations with people you care about, not... I hear, and that's not any better than my conversations that I have, right? I, no one said better. I'd rather invest in. So my investments were... It's not an investment if it's small talk with people you don't really know that well. So the conversations are still fun. 
Sure. And I'm not arguing against that. Okay. I'm saying I would rather invest in conversations, meaningful conversations with people I relate to rather than the small talk. Yep. Okay. (laughs) I feel like sometimes when you say that, you're projecting that your way is... No, not at all. I'm not. You don't intend to, but that's the way it makes me feel. And we've talked about this a million times before. You control the way you feel. But you also can... Your behaviors can provoke feelings unintentionally. Your words and actions can be interpreted different ways from different people. They can, yeah. Yes. So the words and the behaviors that you present or say can provoke feelings within myself. Do you understand I'm not judging you? You say that. That's not the way it comes across sometimes. That wasn't a yes or no. I understand that you you feel that way. That's not the way I feel. Not the way I feel. I'm not judging you. You know that, but that's not the way that I feel. That's not the way I interpret it. Okay. Your intent is not the way that I feel. Okay. That is the statement that I have been pondering on for the last week. Took me till now to actually put words to it. Okay. But what's the change then? What changes to not make you feel that way? You be more empathetic to the way that I feel when you try to to control a situation or, or be it cognizant or aware of the words and feel empathy or this is the same way that my words mean things to people when I at work and you constantly correct me that says people interpret it this way and you need to change it to accommodate the way that they feel the same way that you say those words and your intent is is completely benign okay what that face I can work on it. Okay. But that's exactly what I've been feeling the last entire week. Well, I guess that's it for us tonight. Until next time, remember, size matters. Nobody likes a small glass of wine. Holy crap. She got her lips pierced? Her bottom lip? She did. He. She looks like her mom. They. Oh, (laughs) you're correcting my pronouns. I didn't know what you're doing. This is all getting cut anyway.